0: Well, this week, Alec Murdoch's lawyers have said that Alec lied about a dog causing Gloria Satterfield to trip and fall at his house, causing her death. I guess at this point, I mean, come on, it's not as if Alec's reputation will take any further hits, right? I mean, he already lied about his alibi in his murder case, you know, that he was actually at the murder scene where his wife and son were brutally murdered just minutes before they were actually murdered yeah that lie so it's not like this new lie is going to cause the jury to say yeah i don't know i'm gonna have to now question everything that he says yeah i'm thinking that ship has long since sale. So so Alec is now saying that he lied about the dog-tripping Gloria Satterfield to defraud the insurance company into paying the insurance claim, which he then stole. So, so I'm a bit unclear as to how this makes Alec look any better. Oh, no, no. See, I didn't defraud the insurance company by having them pay the claim to me, which I then stole... Oh, no, 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 no. I only defrauded the insurance company by lying that it was the dog that killed Gloria. When we all know, yeah, I'm the one that pushed her down the stairs. Oh, come on, Alec. It was the dog. Please, who hasn't used that line before? Well, also in legal news this week, Lori Valo Debel's murder trial continued, and there is now evidence linking her to the dead bodies found on her fifth and current husband's property. Okay, at what point do her prior exes say, what was I thinking? Well, and in our Wacky Cases segment, I learned this past week that Ulysses S. Grant, the commander of the Union troops during the Civil War, avoided being assassinated with Lincoln because he gave in to his wife's demands to go visit his in-laws rather than be with Lincoln on that night. Now, verdict is still out as to who had the better evening. Well, Chris and I will unpack all of these stories and more in this week's Debriefing of the Law. Welcome to this week's edition of Debriefing the Law. I am Joel Oster. I'm Chris Marone, And Chris, we have a lot to unpack this week. I just got back from a so D.C. Ford's Theater where a certain Ooh. president was assassinated. How's that a teaser? Which president? Which president could it be? <laughs> and I, th- I think as we unpack that story, you are going to have a bombshell to drop on yeah. us. But more on that later. Hey, before we get into our Murdoch and our Lori Vallow Daybell update, uh, first, a word from our sponsors. This Ooh. podcast is brought to you by comedian Median of Law, we do CLEs that educate and entertain. I think that's called inter nah, uh, edutainment is the word for that. Mm, love it. You like that? I do.
1: Yeah. I should be trademarking that phrase right now.
0: <laughs> we we do classes. Chris, when you take CLEs, you don't yeah. have to sleep through them. It's not a requirement for you to bring your favorite pillow to your CLE. You can take a CLE and stay awake. Well, so that's what Community of Law does. We do CLEs that educate and entertain at the same time. That way, maybe you'll actually remember those CLEs. And
1: for those of us out there, we know what that's like. We know what it's like to sleep through a CLE.
0: That's right. Hey, Chris, I actually uh, have been told that we need to uh, ask people to give us five-star reviews and and this, to share, to like and share and comment on our podcast. Or if you watch it on YouTube, our numbers are mm-hmm. going up. But here's the deal that I fall into. I will watch a YouTube video or a podcast. I'll really like it. And do you know what I do, you know mm-hmm. what I do with that information? Nothing nothing. I just keep it internal. Well, you know, I like that, but no one else. We need you to like and share We're trying to get (laughs) some traction for this, this podcast and this YouTube show. And if you do like it and please just think about, uh, sharing it, doing a like and a share and a comment, it will do great for our, our ratings. Indeed. We'd appreciate that. All right, Chris. Let's uh, do a Murdoch update that also is good for the ratings. Alec Murdoch. Uh, There's an update this week. He filed this brief in in a lawsuit. It's not in his criminal trial that is over mm-hmm. with. Uh, actually, it's it's on appeal, but in a, a civil lawsuit where he is being sued because of he stole insurance monies regarding the Gloria Satterfield yes. uh, death that happened yes. on his property. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The dogs were attacking
1: or something. Got caught up in her feet and she fell down the stairs.
0: Yeah, there and, allegedly. And, and, allegedly, the the, the front allegedly. steps there of the house. I don't know if it's front or back. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, she, she falls down, and dies, and he says she was a the, the, a very long term yeah. housekeeper for the um, mm-hmm. the Murdochs. Uh, there's a lot of pictures of with her and the kids and the family. I mean, she really yeah. was part of the family. But so Alec goes to the clients and or her her estate and says, "Hey, look." just sue me if you sue me then my insurance company will pay out and so alec murlock said hey look she tripped over the dog And as we know they then the insurance company paid a settlement he just kept that settlement and didn't give it to the uh gloria satterfield's estate all right so now a lawsuit is being filed against him about him not turning over this money and and so i don't understand what actually happened here but he basically filed a response this week saying Oops, I lied about that. There was no dogs involved. I just lied about the dogs to help get some kind of settlement. Chris, I, we had to unpack this story for our listeners. Lawyers and non-lawyers listeners alike, I don't understand his play. Can you help me understand what his play is here? I
1: think this might be his redemption arc is what he's trying to get at. Is He's just going to come clean we had, we had theorized early on in the Murdoch trial that he had a substance abuse issue. Right. Part of um, the anonymous program, right, Narcotics Anonymous, Alcoholics Anonymous, is making amends with the people that you have wronged during your addiction. This could be one of the steps of him making amends for the things that he did wrong while he was feeding his addiction. I'm not saying that's gospel truth. I'm just saying that that is one of the steps. That he so, could probably be going through.
0: Okay, but your your take on it is this: he actually did uh, lie about it, and so oh he's for sure lied about clean it because he wants to come clean and set well, the record straight for some altruistic purpose.
1: What's the repercussion? What what happens if if like let's I come clean, right? I come clean. Yep, there was no dogs. Hell, I pushed her down the stairs. Not saying he did that, but is he going to get more lives in prison? Like, there's. He's not going to see the light of day.
0: Well, let's look at this from the uh, the the estate's p- position. So the uh, Gloria right. Satterfield's her you know estate, her family. and uh-huh. If right. if, um, if there is no if if he lied about the dogs, according to these news right. articles in this in this briefing that was filed, that uh-huh. meant the insurance company never should have paid out. Right. So he owes five million back to the insurance company. But he's going to owe that anyways because. Right. He, he, he stole the money. So he's not. And, and now if he's lying about the dogs, well, he's still going to be on the hook for it. Because right. it's like either I defrauded you by stealing the money and having this false claim, or I lied to you about the dogs. Either way, he's going to be on the hook. So you're saying, Joel, there is no play here. This is just him right. doing his 12-step process and Maybe. coming clean.
1: Maybe. Maybe. But the... They're not going to sue the Murdoch estate because they're not going to get any money. They're in a long line of creditors that are – they're not in the first lien position by any means, right? So they're not going to get any money out of Murdoch. Um, They're not going to get any money out of the
0: insurance carrier. So hold on a second. Why not? Why why could the – uh, the actual clients here, or the the, the estate, uh-huh. why couldn't they sue the insurance carrier, saying you never paid us? You paid Alec Murdoch. He stole that money. It never went to. It never came to us. So therefore, you, yeah, you paid my lawyer, but that money never came to me. He was defrauding both of us. You still owe me that money. Is Usually- that Usually.
1: I mean, it could be, but usually you sign something, releasing the insurance company after they pay
0: you out. But theoretically, here they Theoret- this is news to them. I mean, it's fraud, right? right? Fraud they, in- they never signed anything. They they didn't know there was a settlement. Yeah. So I mean, this-
1: you could you it, it may be, well then if there is no insurance claim, right? If if there is no insurance claim, then that gets the insurance company off the hook
0: any way you look at it right and and so here alec murlock is saying hey look i'm trying to screw the estate of Gloria satterfield by saying you don't even have a claim at all because i lied about it right you think you're gonna get money from me so i don't understand what he is doing is he now being a really bad dude is he being nice and coming clean i mean i don't understand the play
1: i mean he murdered his wife and kid i think we're past the really bad dude point (laughs) and 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 we're, we're in." We're in that territory of, yeah, you screwed a housekeeper out of $5 million that you may or may not have killed. Wow. So, All I, right. well, yeah, I... I mean, the family is going to get screwed any way you look at. It. And even if they could, right? Let's say that they can litigate against the insurance company. How many years? How many years and how much money are they going to spend? Because the insurance company is going to fight that tooth, nail, and claw, right? We've already paid. We've already paid. We've already paid. We've already paid. We've already paid.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, But I do think the insurance company might be on the hook here because uh, there's going to be no signing by any. Uh, client, parties, yeah. I know a lot of times whenever I'm doing a settlement, I like to get the client to actually sign off on it. When others, right. you know, when I settle with other companies, they'll say, Yeah, lawyer, you sign here, but now go get your client to sign as well. So you're both yes. are signing off on this settlement agreement. Here, theoretically, the client's never signed off on the settlement right. agreement, but yet the settlement agreement was paid. And so maybe this is Alec Murder just trying to get back at his. Who these these guys are innocent? They never wronged Alec Murdoch, but I don't know. That is a we're gonna follow that lawsuit to see what's happening. But that is your Alec Murdoch update. And let's just be frank: we do an Alec Murdoch update so we can keep our (laughs) ratings up. All right. Second way to keep our ratings up is to talk about your favorite murder trial, the Lori Vallow Daybell update. Now I don't every week we talk about this. We're not going to go back and recite what's going on in the case, but I do think it's interesting to just, hey, what were the the recent developments in this case since we last talked? And so, Chris, uh, I know you've been following the case. Let me just give you a couple of my highlights, and we'll see if you can add any of the highlights that you've recognized from the last Mm -hmm. couple of weeks of trial. But as you know, you and I have been talking about this case, and one of our concerns is can they tie Lori Valodeibel to the dead mm-hmm. bodies because it, it would be a viable defense for her lawyers to say, "No, Lori didn't commit these murders. It was her boyfriend slash new right. husbands. He was kind of this religious fanatic, and and bring her along. So maybe she was just duped by him, and she yeah, yeah she should have done more to complain and bellyache, but she really wasn't involved with it. At least that's that's going to be a that's how I would argue this case." Well, so there were a couple of developments over this last couple of weeks. Number one, and this is the big one. I mean, this here is the huge, the, the hugest development. So, they uh, they found and an expert witness that, that testified that JJ Vallo's body was was found and on it was some hair some DNA that belonged and it matched up with Lori Vallo Daybell. So apparently the tape that was used. Yep. It, it's very gruesome. I don't even want to recite how the bodies were it found because it was it was miserable. just bad. It was bad, right? But the, there was tape around their bodies, and so on this tape they found some DNA belonging to Lori Valodeibel. So that means that she was involved with the bodies Somewhere. and the burying of the bodies. And so, Chris, I don't know. I, I think this here is going to be what. The, at the end of the end of the day, the jury is going to say this is it. This is the smoking gun. This was the yeah. videotape that. You know um, uh, Alec Murdoch's uh, son Buster took not Buster. Yeah. Um, what was the other Murdoch? The, the one who passed away was killed. I almost said Archie, and I know Archie is not the name. Maggie and Paw, Paul. 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 Yeah, Paul yeah. Murdoch. Yeah, remember the videotape he took the smoking gun. The jury said it was that right. videotape that he took at the dog kennels that we said yep. okay, we heard Alec Murdoch's voice. We, he is now at the murder scene. That is right. our smoking gun. Here in the Lori Vallow Daybell case, this DNA right. on the tape—so far to me, this is going to be the smoking gun.
1: I—I I agree, For, full stop. I agree. Um, was there no deal on the table? Is now my question. Why would you go to trial with that type of evidence? on the table. Right, because for those non-lawyers out there, you have to disclose all excorpatory evidence in a criminal case. It's a Brady issue. If you have evidence that can um help the defendant get an innocent verdict, you have to disclose that. If you it's gonna be a guilty verdict, you have to disclose that. So I'm sure they disclosed the DNA and with the back and forth that Lori's attorney who is really struggle bus is where yes. I would put him. He is struggling hard. Right now, with the uh, cross examination of the DNA tech, but wh- why? Why would you? Why would you go forward on a trial knowing that this piece of evidence was going to come out? And I don't know. It is. It is damn. It is very damn. Like your DNA does not end up where they found the DNA on the tape if you were not in extremely close proximity when the tape was applied.
0: It wasn't like this was tape at her house. This was tape no. at Chad's house. Yep. So I guess she would have been at Chad's house at some point right. in time. She might say, Oh, the DNA got on that tape. Because I I, I taped There's no way. Christmas presents. But she
1: would have to take the stand to explain it. So now we're in this cost benefit analysis of do we put Lori Daybell on the stand? Which no.
0: No. 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 You do not put her on the stand and zero you chance do not of
1: that. No. Well, I mean, she can want to be on the stand, and she could force her lawyer to put her on the stand, and she want to explain away the tape, and she could be that much of a sociopath narcissist to get there, but it would be a horrible no. idea to get her on the stand.
0: Yes, and that would be in, my prediction. The, There's no way. Her lawyer right. will say, I'm quitting right now. You are right. not going on the stand. That that would be, yeah. Right.
1: He's like, I will fumble through every ounce of energy for this DNA tester, um, but I will not. Put you on the stand whatsoever
0: no, i cannot Ow. imagine her trying to explain why she didn't even bother to go check up on her kids for all those months what was she doing during all that time right. period uh there's no defense for that it's her best Theory here is just simply to say, look, they didn't prove their case. They have no evidence tying mm-hmm. me to this. My husband, boyfriend Chad, he's the right. crazy one. He's the cult leader. Mm-hmm. I'm following him. These are gonna be the arguments that the lawyer makes because she's not gonna right. take the stand and doesn't have to explain her actions. If she did take the stand, she would have to explain all this, Game and over. that would be a nightmare scenario. Game over. Right, right. Because
1: you can't, you can't clearly discuss uh, an idea of how the hair got on the tape or the DNA got on the tape without having Lori get up there to give her side of the story. And so, yeah, her, her lawyers on the struggle bus because he doesn't have a lot to work with right now, but he's doing a lot better than he would be. If Lori got on the stand.
0: Yes. Cause he can, I mean, he can point to a different hypothesis, different theories as to how right. that DNA got there. But again, yep. I think from the jury's perspective, they are going to see, a, a person who is not sympathetic in the slightest, not even a little bit, right. I mean, she's going to be the worst mother ever. And, and so here, now they have tied her to the bodies say, no, 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 this is not now just not your, your crazy boyfriend doing this. You were a part of it as mm-hmm. well. And so if you're wrapping up the bodies and burying them, you're complicit with the entire mess. And so this is the smoking gun. Now, another thing that I learned this week that I did not know, and maybe you knew this. I probably definitely your wife knew this. But Lori Valo Daybell was a former Miss Texas beauty pageant and and She also won $17,500 in 2004 on Wheel of Fortune. And the producers from Wheel of Fortune confirmed that as well. I don't know what that has to do with this case, but that is rather interesting. This is who we're talking about who's so deranged now and allegedly murdered her two kids.
1: I can't wait for the 2028 Jeopardy question that's like murdering moms. And for $500, they are going to say this woman won $17,500 on Wheel of Fortune and then murdered her two kids.
0: There you go. I'm that is a trivia. Who
1: is Lori Vallow Daybell?
0: That's the trivia question for a future Jeopardy case. All right. Update number three that we came out of trial over these last two weeks is that the youngest son, J.J., when they exhumed his body mm-hmm. and did an autopsy of it, uh, they found that he had the date rape drug in his body at the time of his death. What does that mean? Well, it kind of yeah. insinuates that they seduced him, made him fall asleep, and then they murdered right. him after he was already kind of out of it. Uh, any Any thoughts on that? It's a weird blessing in disguise, right? It's a weird like
1: knowing, looking at the case file, and knowing how gruesomely he died. If he was unconscious for it, that's that's a a, a effed up blessing for him, there you because up. to to live through what his body ended up as is disgusting. And here's another thing: you're no longer the not caring mom. Right, you couldn't bring yourself to actually torture your son to death, so you gave him some rohypnol.
0: Interesting, and,
1: and and so you knew he was gonna die, and you knew he was gonna die gory. So you gave him a
0: drug to make sure he never woke up during it. What it also kind of tells my gut is that Lori was a part of the murder plan. Oh. I know it's not conclusive of evidence, but as the jury, I'm thinking the guy probably wouldn't care right but she 100%. she would care it's her kid and so that to me says well then she probably was involved if she was trying to make sure he didn't feel what was going on okay
1: it's disgusting right it the is. whole the whole thing is absolutely abhorrent um it is the worst of what we are as people and so hopefully the the jury will figure out you know what the correct sentence is but yeah. I mean, I don't think Chad Daybell and honestly, um, I and I don't know if we're hitting this on the updates, but there was the um discussion of Chad Daybell's other wife was found to have been restrained when she was when she was killed. There you go. And so, um with no rohypnol in her system. So if we're saying that Chad killed his his ex-wife which allegedly right that his trial starts in a couple weeks um he hasn't he didn't use rohypnol with her so where does this date or maybe it wasn't rohypnol that's just the date rape drug that I'm aware of um but maybe um because he didn't use it before this was a Lori addition
0: okay I can't her. pronounce this and so I'm gonna butcher it uh, but uh, it was there there are low levels of gamma hydro Acid It's okay. so-called a party or date rape drug that often oh, called GHB. A GHB. Yeah, that's rohypnol.
1: Okay. Yeah, that's the that's street name for it. Yeah, yeah. All
0: right. Um, GHB is quite
1: popular in many, many fraternities around this great land.
0: There you go. Um,
1: and so, I mean, I, I think that just leads to premeditation, right? If does, she didn't definitely. Kid,
0: if her kid was going to die, why give him GHB? All right. It shows premeditation. It shows maybe the female was involved, the mother was involved, and this is different than um, Tammy's death. So it does show that maybe someone other than Chad was involved with the murder of of the two kids. Uh, all right, another update that came out at, at trial of this week was the prosecutors played an audio of a phone call between Lori, who was at the time held in a Madison County jail on child mm-hmm. abandonment charges, and Chad Daybell who was apparently on his property when investigators were there searching the property for the children's remains. And what this phone call contained was, Daybell, or so um, uh, Chad Daybell told Lori Vallow uh, right. that, hey, look, we need to pray, and I love you, because they are on the property right now. Now, that mm-hmm. is so sordid, I don't even want to begin to unpack that, but it definitely shows... Him saying, look, we are in trouble now because uh, they're going to find something here. So now's the time to pray, though. I Yeah, I, I don't even want to go there. That's just so callous. Uh, and so disconnected with what is right in this world. Right. But nonetheless, it does show that they were probably in cahoots with whatever they were going to find on the property. Yeah, it really was. All right. Just, it makes update. me
1: sad, right? So... Yeah. Well, one really. last
0: update for what happened here. Uh this is my last update for this trial for this last week. There was an email yep. that was the uh, presented at trial evidence between Lori Valo Daybell Um i'm sorry between chad daybell and a realtor in hawaii uh again Mm -hmm. this is when they're looking for property out there and they basically told this realtor look we don't need property for children or pets we have none and this would have been before the children went missing so it shows a little bit of knew about it right yeah the plan was the plan was being hatched right all right so where do we stand here after this week of trial Uh, I assume, go ahead and see, who do you think has a stronger case as of now?
1: Prosecution. You could cut out everything but the DNA and the prosecution is going to have the strongest case possible.
0: Well, but I I do th- I agree with you. I think the prosecution had huge wins this week because I thought yep. they were, had a potentially weak case. If Lori mm-hmm. Valdez Bell's attorneys were just kind of laying right. low, waiting until closing argument, and then he's going to come out and he's going to say yes, they have a great case. For the trial that's starting two weeks from now, that's just not this case here. And there is no connection between these these facts and this evidence and my Mm -hmm. client. All they know is that she was kind of duped by her husband, Mm -hmm. who was a religious fanatic. And, And so if that was going to be his theory of the case this week was a bad week because this is going to tie her there in wrapping up the bodies with the dead bodies, the, the planning part. And so I think this is definitely starting to let mm-hmm. the jury know, no, she was a part of the planning and the execution of the, these killings.
1: What I really feel like the, the, the theatrics of the prosecutor has been very on point. Um, as they presented the evidence early on, Right. They kept the the defense kept saying that it's not conclusive. There's no conclusive evidence. You can't prove that she was there. That was their like going on. And again, I don't know why the defense did that. If they knew the DNA evidence was right there on the table, like you can't say there's no conclusive evidence for her being there from five witnesses, and then they go, well, here's the DNA evidence that says she was there. So everything you just said is absolute BS.
0: Now, it might you... be if this is the best the prosecution has, well, maybe it's yeah. one thing. Maybe it's a little bit weaker now. We also are assuming this might just be part one right. of many different you know, DNA evidence right. that they're going to present. I don't know. Uh, that's why we're going right. to stay tuned to this trial as the trial unfolds. All right. Yeah, now it is time for our Wacky Case of the Week segment. And this is going to be a doozy, Chris, because this you, were, you, you just dropped a bombshell on me right before the start mm-hmm. of this podcast because I just came back from D.C. and I'm doing this a class on the Lincoln Conspiracy Trials. It fascinates me. So I went to Ford's Theater. And, and by the way, Chris, let me just give a shout out there to the incredible park rangers oh, that yeah. run these historical sites. I got to tell you, I was so impressed By the park rangers there, their knowledge. I mean, I was there with my son, Zach. I was just there with these park rangers. I'm like going, I just want to hear more. And so I just kind of like stayed around and stayed around and stayed around. Like feed me more. This is an amazing story. I'm not going to recount the entirety of the story right now, but I'm going to give you three highlights from what I learned about the Lincoln conspiracy trials. But first go ahead and drop your bombshell.
1: So the Marone family, actually my mother's side, the matriarchal side of the family, my fourth great grandfather is one of the Wilkes brothers.
0: Wow! So That's that right. makes you a grandson of, great, great, of great. John Wilkes Boo's dad.
1: Yep, indeed, we are part of the. And this was, this is the joke, right? Did this you call is him the Uncle running John? joke of Uncle John. <laughs> I take a lot of cues from him. Let's just JW put that, out there. Is that J W. Maybe was he J W. To you? He was Dub. Just J W. Uh, out here in these streets. No, um, when I was running my political campaign firm, we used to we used to make light of that, saying that um, Marone Consulting we've been removing Republicans from office since 1864. Wow, that has to be the right? worst, the absolute the worst slogan I the have absolute- ever heard best slogan. Um, And it's tongue-in-cheek, right? And it gets a good... It's a great party line. It gets a great laugh. Obviously, I'm not serious, you know, with with the way that, that President Lincoln was removed from office. But it got a good laugh in political circles and from Joel. So right? you're, you're assuming
0: it's, it's been a hundred and over fifty years, so we moved mm-hmm. on. It, it now is enough time. We can make the we can make jokes.
1: It's a it's a funny quip. Like it's a funny quip. Like yeah, can we make jokes? People make jokes about much worse. <laughs> okay.
0: Mark Twain is, said, tra- "Humor is tragedy plus time." So there you had your yep. tragedy, and now you have had enough time. It, it, right. it is funny.
1: It well, it, look, look, I'm not direct like. Johnny was not my my grandfather. I was one of the brothers. And look, John Wilkes Booth had 10 brothers and sisters. Right. There was a lot. There's a lot. If you go out generationally wise, that's a lot of kids to be forcing down. So um, but yeah, it's a fun little fact about the Marone family.
0: Now, I actually um, was digging into the the, Mo- the Booth family And they were apparently mm-hmm. a great acting family I saw one yeah. picture there Where John Wilkes Booth uh, played I believe it was Antony uh, In the mm-hmm. Julius Caesar Shakespeare play And his yep. brother Not your great-great-great-grandfather But the other brother Edwin uh, yep. Played Brutus in that play And his dad was also in that Julius mm-hmm. uh, Caesar play And so this was an acting family I'm thinking maybe like the Baldwins since they also are really bad with guns i don't know if that's the best dude you cannot get on
1: the Marone consulting logo and then make the joke about alec baldwin killing somebody no less than like a year ago
0: you're right. Not, a, not enough time right
1: there on Look, that one. I had 150 years to craft my joke, and you're doing it on
0: the fly. Come That's on. That's right. Come yeah, on. This might be a good time to remind our listeners that we do want some likes and shares uh, for this, <laughs> this podcast. This is satire. <laughs> I'd like to remind you it's satire. We are We are funny people. Joel is a comedian, and I am a sidekick. It is funny. There we go. Exactly. Well, so the the three uh, highlights I want to bring out by the Lincoln conspiracy trial, because this is again mm-hmm. the things that I learned were just amazing. I can't get enough shout outs there to the the park rangers. Oh yeah. But the first thing that just fascinated me was, of course, this was a conspiracy, which meant that that Abraham Lincoln was not the only target. This Correct. was a they were wanted to to basically unseat and take out. All of the uh, many of the leaders, including mm-hmm. uh, U.S., you know, Ulysses S. Grant, they wanted to take him yeah. out, they also wanted to take out Secretary of State William Seward and also the vice president as well. Well, about William Seward, so he was staying mm-hmm. in. The, um um the Rogers house which by the way I was stood right in front of the the White House and I just right across the lawn was the Rogers house. It's now the St John's mm-hmm. Church is the yellow building yep. there uh, right on the other side of the park uh is it Lafayette Square I believe it's called yep uh and yeah. so it, it's that close and that's where William Seward was staying and so uh what happened was um uh, I believe it was um Payne uh came over there to 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 kill the um mm-hmm. uh the secretary of state. So he br- basically brought some um some medicine, some drugs there. Say, hey, look, I'm here from the doctor's office to deliver some medication to Secretary of State uh uh Seward. Seward. Say, okay, yeah. we'll take it to him. He says, No, don't do that. He busted past this person, goes up the stairs, knocks out one of the uh, William Seward's sons, goes up to William Seward, stabs him five times in the neck.
1: Mm-hmm. All right.
0: William Seward did not die. Nope. He's a tough SOB. Do you know, how is that possible that William Seward could be stabbed in the neck five times and not die? Well, here's why. Earlier in that week, he was in a carriage ride. There was an accident. He injured his neck and they put a plaster cast around his neck. So when oh. when Payne was stabbing him five times, he was hitting a caster a plaster cast and not his actual neck and so his Uh life was spared alaska was purchased the 13th amendment was ratified all because of this this cast was uh, protecting his neck that was an amazing story
1: i love i want i wanted seward to like roll over and say that's not a knife this is a knife you know and get one back that would have been the that would have been the line of the day
0: that would have been good be yeah. All right. The second highlight uh, from this whole story that I learned uh, was mm-hmm. John Surratt. So I assume you remember Mary Surratt. You probably saw the Conspirator mm-hmm. movie, right? Mm-hmm. Mary Surratt was the um, uh, she had a tavern there, which by the way I went yep. to that tavern. Oh, it is fine. now a Chinese restaurant in Chinatown in D.C. And it I was about it. on on uh, it's just I don't know about six blocks past. Uh, the Forest, Forest Theater. So Forest yep. Theater's on 10th Street. Yeah, You, you would have yep. gone on about a, several blocks past that. Uh, and it's now a Chinese restaurant. My son and I ate there. Great food. Uh, not, not the point here. But that's where Mary Surratt was. She owned this, this um uh, boarding house there. So people would come mm-hmm. in and that's where they would stay. Well, Mary Surratt was... Um, basically when they did this investigation after the president Mm -hmm. was assassinated, so who was behind this? And they said, well, where was John Wilkes Booth meeting in this town? And so he came up with John Wilkes Booth met with a lot of his alleged co-conspirators at this boarding house owned by Mary Surratt. Okay. Yeah. So so Mary Surratt, obviously they, the arrest Mary Surratt for this. Well, they, who they really wanted was not Mary, but her son, John. And so see, Mary Surratt, all they really knew about Mary was she was a really good host. And so because she Mm -hmm. ran this boarding house and people came there and they met, they always kind of met in back rooms. And so she really didn't know what was going on. Okay. So who they really wanted was John. And and so I'm going to label this part of the story. John Surratt is the worst son of the (laughs) century award because here's what happened. They couldn't find John. So they went looking for all these different conspirators, Powell, you know, Payne, uh, those kind of people. They could not, they went looking for John. They couldn't find him. He actually fled to Canada, which, interestingly enough, I think he becomes the first person in recorded history on record as saying, if this person is elected president, I am moving to Canada. And then actually owned up to it. They he actually, actually moved. did it. Yeah, he, actually actually took, he actually took off to Canada. And, and so... <laughs> yeah. Now, so why, now, it was told me the reason why they arrested Mary Surratt because she really wasn't that involved, but they wanted John Surratt, right? So they okay. thought, well, they're going to arrest the mother, and she, they're going to yeah. put her on trial. Eventually, John is going to show up and say, hey, who you really wanted was me, and no. so here I am, let my mother go. Nope. Do you think nope. John ever showed up? Hung her out to dry. He did. uh, I don't know if he actually knew, because it wasn't like he. there were CNN reports. It wasn't like they were text messaging him. Hey, you know, your mother's on trial. He fled to Canada, and it was a quick trial. But you would have thought at some point he would have read about, oh, yeah, these are the people who were arrested. Oh, I see it's my mother who was arrested. Maybe I should come and bail her out. But he never did that. Here's the rest of the story of John Saracen's I know you want to know. He then fled to uh, Italy he actually serves in the security detail for the pope i am not making that up chris good for him (laughs) maybe that's a leader he can get behind you know my thought was literally what kind of a background (laughs) check do they do for the pope's security detail oh i see here okay you were you tried to assassinate the president Yeah, we can look past that. We think you have enough Mm -hmm. positive character qualities. We're going to go ahead and arrest you. So they went ahead and he actually was serving on the secret service, if you will, for lack of a better term. Wow. uh, Protecting the Pope. So then the Pope apparently went to Egypt. And so he's on the security detail protecting the Pope there in Egypt. And and, uh, someone there in Egypt recognized him because they they were both in the the same Catholic school growing up. What are the odds of that? He fled. He is in Egypt protecting the Pope. Someone Small sees him world. and says, hey, John, John. It's like, no, my name is Fred. I'm Fred. I'm not John. Federico, isn't, isn't that an amazing story? I, I just cannot imagine wow. that. And so how, what is the rest of that story? John Seroton is arrested. This is actually a couple years later. They put him, they bring him back to the United States for trial. And this is a couple years later after all, the commotion has gone down. And so his mother was hung. For her involvement, Mm -hmm. do you know what his verdict was? High five? Not guilty. Ooh. Yeah. Just interesting uh, side bit there. He was way more involved than his mother. His mother got hung. He was basically said it not guilty. So then he went on a speaking tour where he would basically say, "Double jeopardy in America. I am no longer can be tried for this again." He went on a speaking tour, talked about how his involvement in assassinating the president, but the government shut that one down so he cannot go on that speaking tour uh talking about that. But that is the story of John Surratt. One more wow. story to throw by you, and this is Ulysses S. Grant. He was the the general for the uh, the Union Army. Of the course, Union he Army? was the victor. Yeah, and, and so he now they also wanted to assassinate him as well. Of course, he was everybody wanted to. Right. That night that Lincoln went to a Ford's Theater to watch Our American Cousin he was supposed to be there with Ulysses, Ulysses. S. Grant. They were supposed yeah. to be there. In fact, the commotion around town was not that Lincoln was going to be a Ford's Theater because, hey, they had seen Lincoln a, a lot. Right. Actually, that also fascinated me. The population of of um, Washington, D.C. in 1864? Do you want to just take a guess at what the population was? Like 5,000, 6, 6,000? 61,000 people. Okay. So not many people. Not like today. Right. We're talking about several million. Just sixty-one thousand. So they right. seeing Abraham Lincoln at the theater was no big deal. But right. Ulysses S. Grant at the theater that was going to sell tickets. So the rumor went out that Ulysses S. Grant mm-hmm. was going to be in attendance there uh, for that evening's play, but he did not show up. Do you know why he did not show up? His why sick. No, no. his wife wife did not like Mary Todd Lincoln. They were on the outs. Apparently, Mary Todd Lincoln redecorated the White House. The wife of Alicia S. Grant made fun of the way she was redecorating the White Mm. House. These two women did not like each other at all. And so basically Grant's wife said, we're not going to go to that and I'm not going to sit with her. You're taking me to see my parents. So he had to turn down his play and he hopped on a train to go to New York City to be with his in-laws. And that's why his life was spared.
1: Right. That worked out great for him
0: is that is this not fascinating i mean history no, is an amazing story
1: you know that's what i love about dc too is one it's all free let's point that out like it's all free to just stand there and listen to the 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 great stories of our time um and two these people who provide the stories are just amazing storytellers oh, amazing right captivating storytellers they're not just like uh ben stein right that's just and then in 1864 president lincoln attended the theater where he was assassinated no like they're there they bring you there that, they, they they build palaces and, and phrases and turns and all sorts of stuff so i love doing it it's absolutely lot. i love going out and seeing all that stuff in dc
0: i was there with my son and we were trying to plot out what we were going to do to uh you know make the most use of our time to learn about the lincoln conspiracy trials and i told my son i said mm-hmm. zach Let's just go back to the forest theater and just hang out. Yeah. And just keep going around and around and around. See how much they'll just share with us. Cause I, I learned way much more than listening to them. Tell the highlights of the story. Cause you know, they're going to tell the best parts of the story, right? They're trying to get I mean, people's yeah, interest. It's going to be the absolute, the highlights. I am just going to hang out with them as long as I can to see how much I can learn. And it was an amazing mm. uh, time there. All right. Yeah, for sure. Moving on now to our Supreme court update. The Supreme court has been busy the last couple of weeks. Let's, there's so much we can focus on, but why don't we just sit here and focus on this one? Uh, they did, they made a ruling this last week that Chris, I don't know if I should be happy about, or if I should be deeply bothered by my favorites on the Supreme court. I am talking about the Rodney Reed case. Are you familiar with the Rodney Reed death row case?
1: I am. I am very familiar with this. It's been going on for a while.
0: It, it has. Uh, Rodney Reed is on death row for the killing of Stacy Stites, who was, a, I believe, a 19-year-old lady. And yep. so uh, a passerby found Stites' body near a shirt and a torn piece of belt. Well, here's why mm-hmm. Rodney Reed was was convicted. His, his sperm, his semen, was found in her body. But he said, mm-hmm. well... Yeah, but we were—I was having an affair with her, and and so that's why we're having a consensual relationship. Yeah. Now, now it should bear mentioning that he is black, and uh, and she, Stacy, was white, and her boyfriend uh, was uh, Fennel and Jimmy Fennel, who was also a cop. And mm-hmm. he was apparently a very protective, uh, person and would not have been happy with her having an affair. And he basically witnesses say that they heard him say that if she has an affair and sleeps with him, I'm going to strangle her with my belt. Right. I Right. Again, these are what witnesses allegedly said. It also right, seems right, right. a little bit record. self-serving, but it is in the record. Yeah. And, and so, he, nonetheless, Rodney Reed was convicted of of this murder and put on death row. Well, since that time, the DNA evidence has really come to be a huge thing in America. You have the Innocence Project yeah. uh, that basically is, is designed to find out. You know, all your hey, look, let's let's investigate all of these DNA that we found at scenes to see if that might exonerate people that are currently, you know, serving time for certain offenses. And according to the Innocence Project, to date, 375 people in the in the United States have been exonerated right. by DNA testing. Chris, get this, including 21 who serve time on death row. Right. What does that mean to you? Joel
1: our justice system has been incredibly flawed for since its inception. It, it does not surprise me that... Well, and there was a time before DNA testing was even a deal. So even if we're giving the benefit of the doubt that juries are trying to get there, there's been so much implicit bias over the years baked into our society to believe certain groups of people over other groups of people for the longest time that this number does not surprise me. It, one of the things we should also notice is that this was a case in 1998. Right? This was not a case from like the 50s or the right, 60s right. where someone would expect that a white woman and a black man having a relationship is somehow like taboo. But this is like Bill Clinton era. Right. Like we're we're, we're past, like allegedly as a society we were past this.
0: Right. Now, I'm not saying he didn't do it. I mean, obviously, right. the jury must have had something. We're not right. really digging into that. Here's my point, Chris, and I agree with you that yeah. they've gotten it wrong in the past. We know they've gotten it wrong in the past. I mean, and there have been some biases that played in to them getting so. it wrong in the past. And my point is just this. I want them to get it right. And, and That's if, the point. And if you can run some DNA tests, you know what? Let's, let's run some DNA tests to see whose DNA would be on this belt mm-hmm. that was found right next to the dead body. Right. Well, then do it, do it before you do execute it. someone. I want to get this right. Is that asking for too much to just run the test to make sure for you Texas, are right? Yes. I
1: guess for Texas, yes. Because right, that's so- right. That's where we're at. We're at the Fifth Circuit Court, which is the murder took place in Texas. And they're like, mm, no. So here's and what I, happened. And again, that's that's the implicit bias of, I'm not saying that these guys are overtly racist. I'm not saying like, oh, it's a black man and a white woman. No, screw him. He's got to be guilty of something. The jury found him guilty. Let's go. The justice system should be set up to where we exhaust every possible option to make sure that we are not executing innocent people. Because execution of innocent people undermines
0: our justice system. So here, here's um, how this came up procedurally. So he filed a motion there in Texas mm-hmm. to say, hey, look, uh, because of this new, uh, this, this belt, I wanted to test it for DNA. Well, under Texas law, this, his request did not pass the muster. And so the Texas mm-hmm. court said, no, we're not going to allow you to test this belt. You're just trying to stall the inevitable and we're, we don't like stalling tactics. And so they denied uh, his request. All right. So then he filed a habeas corpus petition in federal court yep. saying, look, because of um, uh, this, I want you to test this DNA, you know, off mm-hmm. from the belt. The federal court said, no, because you filed it too late. It's out of time. They used a statute of limitations defense to say, no, no, no look, because you filed it too late, we're not going to even consider your argument. Chris, I don't ever want to hear that as a defense no, I don't care if he's two years late. If there's validity to his argument, say there's then let's recognize that There's no validity, let's kick it out. Don't use a procedural defense like the statute of limitations. And, and so, I, I know statute it's gonna of bother
1: limitations. You. Oh, it does because statute of limitations limits the government's ability to prosecute, not the accused ability to defend themselves. Statute of limitations is designed and intended to stop overzealous prosecutors or to say like, Oh, we're just going to shelf this case forever, which you can in the case of murder. We're not right. We there's an, there's no statute of limitations in murder, by the way, just pointing that out. There it is. Um, but you can't use the defendant and say the statute of limitations has ran on your rights. That does not happen. You are depriving me literally of life, which like, I don't know, is said throughout the Constitution that the government should not do that without the highest, most intense levels of scrutiny.
0: Fascinating take. You're saying there is no statute of limitations for murder. But yet, in this case, if they execute him with premeditation and mm-hmm. he didn't do it, wouldn't we wouldn't be all not to say at some level that's murder. Right. I mean, I, I maybe not in a technical sense, but when you premeditate, with premeditation take someone's life. Who is innocent? Right. Are the last the stage limitations should not play into that ever the, that decision? Ever. I agree with you on that. And so here, Kavanaugh wrote the opinion mm-hmm. for the court, the majority opinion, saying, look. The federal courts have been uh, in disagreement as to when the clock should start running for the statute of limitations. So we are going mm-hmm. to say, no, go back there. And and the, the statute of limitations starts to run when the state court proceedings conclude. So he did not file this out of time. So go back there and hear his argument. Hopefully we hear at the end of the day what this DNA uh, test was like. Because that's my point. If you're going to execute someone, Let's just get it right. I don't like the death penalty. I've been right. very vocal about that. I hate the death penalty. But that being said, if you're going to have it, at least do it right. And let's make sure this DNA uh, does not uh, somehow uh, you know, prove that he is innocent or that there is another more likely suspect who committed this right. murder.
1: And And what do you lose? Right. What do you lose? There's no. There's no mechanism that um, exonerated convicts get to sue police officers or courts to get back money. There's no mechanism that holds people responsible for not doing their jobs, right? And let's say this is an honest mistake, right? It's not. We're we're not saying like um, that this was some uh, giant conspiracy to convict this guy. Let's say it's an honest mistake. There's there's no repercussions except for the fact that hey we got it wrong but luckily we have a more perfect system now because we were able to advances in technology the zealous work of both prosecutors and defense attorneys were able to exonerate this innocent person and now we're going to be able to u- apply this to future cases like that's the point of the justice system right to get it right not to put somebody to death
0: I agree uh, wholeheartedly all right it is now time for our courtroom quarterback segment. But this, we're going to start off here with basically talking about the same thing we have been talking about because right before we got on this podcast, breaking news went out that Jackson Mahomes, you see, that sounds familiar. Yes. The brother of one Patrick Mahomes was arrested in Johnson County, Kansas, For aggravated sexual battery. And so, Chris, I assume you know who Jackson Wayne Mahomes is. I did not know his middle name was Wayne until today,
1: but good gravy. That's just the whole, like, that's like a Christmas gift. Like, let's do this.
0: Is it should it not be a goal in one's life to live your life where you don't actually ever have your mug shot being taken? Um, he he did not live his life that way. So apparently, mm. what happened here uh, allegedly, because this is now a criminal <laughs> matter, on February yes. 25th. So. Two weeks Two after weeks? the Super Bowl, he was in some yes. restaurant here in Kansas City. And mm-hmm. uh there, there's video of this, so you can watch the video. But basically they went into some room in the basement of this this restaurant, I think it's called Aspen. Okay. And and so you can see the, the waitress there, uh uh, or the hostess, I'm not quite sure what role she played at, at the restaurant. Right. Sure but he basically grabs her by the neck and pulls her to him and then forcibly kisses her. I believe three times is what I saw on the video. And and you can tell he was out of control. Um, people are saying he was drunk when this happened mm-hmm. or on drugs, something, something he was on something. I yeah. assume, at least that's what witnesses were saying. And so in the complaint, that's what's being alleged in the complaint. Yes, in, in the complaint. So he—that's what he, This is forcible contact. So let's go ahead and let's read from the count. So I actually pulled down the actual criminal complaint that was filed against him. Four different mm-hmm. counts here. The first three are all the same, just different incidences. But basically, right. it was that Each on, on the 25th day of February 2023 in Jackson in Johnson County, Kansas, uh, Jackson Wayne Mahomes. Uh, basically. With a, engaging a felonious touch, he there unlawfully and feloniously touched the person of another who is 16 or more years of age. To wit, mm-hmm. I don't even know what to wit means, but it's in the complaints all. It's to wit. Uh, AR. The a result of. Okay. A- AR, who we don't know her name, but right. the initials AR uh, was right. a lady who did not consent to the touching with the intent to arouse or satisfy the sexual desires of the offender, so it would be Jackson, uh, Mm -hmm. or another under uh, circumstances when AR was overcome by force or fear. This is a level five felony. So, Chris, you were a criminal defense lawyer. My first question to you here is he is a – there's an allegation out there that he was drunk. It, and, and here, this is a, an intent to crime where he had to act with a certain intent. Would mm-hmm. his drunkenness be a defense to this charge?
1: So I can I can preface this with I'm not an attorney in Johnson County, uh, Kansas. So I I can I can explain that usually no, usually being inebriated to the point of um, um, lack of capacity. Does not play into um, these types of crimes. They usually do not, they're not a mitigating factor. They're not an affirmative defense. It would have been an affirmative defense if he grabbed her by the neck and snapped her neck. Then it would be a manslaughter defense rather than a murder one intent defense. But this type of action in reading the statute, it's more of a general intent um, and it flows from his actions. Now, there are crimes that when you are drunk, being drunk is that specific intent to do that crime. And usually it's around negligent related DUI deaths or DUI car accidents, right? You're charged with felonious assault because you were doing something so negligently and you purposely got intoxicated. I don't think this rises to that level, but at this point for um, Mr. Mahomes and his counsel, um, it's the, the drunkenness is only going to add to the, the bad action, It's only going to hurt him more that he was drunk when he did this.
0: So the first three counts are all uh, felonies, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, aggravated um, uh, sexual battery. The fourth one is a misdemeanor. It says there he unlawfully and knowingly caused physical contact with another person. Uh, It was done in a rude, insulting, or angry manner and is a Class B uh, misdemeanor. So they they have all four counts there uh, in there. All
1: right. They'll probably plead it down to that misdemeanor, right? They'll drop the three sexual assaults. He'll have to go to some DUI or some Alcoholics Anonymous training, have to make a public apology, pay some restitution, and sit on probation for three now, years.
0: Here's what I'm curious about. Because I often think that the rich and famous, and let's throw Jackson mm-hmm. Mahomes in that category because of who right. his he's, brother he's is. He's that little,
1: like, the the fish by the shark's mouth. Like, that's Jackson Mahomes. Yeah, yeah. Like,
0: And he also was a social influencer because, again... Not because he's amazing, because uh, he's his, the sharks, the fish yeah. by the shark's mouth. Yeah. Uh, that being said, uh, I I think that they actually get worse treatment in the in the court system than normal people. People say, oh, celebrities get favorable treatment. No, usually it's the opposite. Once it catches the public's attention, prosecutors mm-hmm. salivate. They don't want to be perceived as being playing favorites, and so he's right. not going to be cut any favorites here. Uh, you know, any g- g- given any favors. So um, let me just ask you again. You're not a Johnson county lawyer ironically right. i am but that's uh, that's neither here nor there <laughs> um you are in arizona and you right. represented defendants uh in criminal yeah. cases so if this had been a normal joe in arizona podunk arizona county um who did this and you you probably seen the video but i described what was on mm-hmm. the video how much time would that person have to spend in jail five to seven 5 to on 7 th- months years. or years. Okay, years.
1: Depending on what plea bargain was on the table. Okay. And what what sort of things um like the depends on the prosecutor, what's going on. Dep- also depends county by county, right? Um it depends on the state of the uh AR, what what her state of mind is, what she's going to testify to, what she's willing to do, what what they want to do. Um, but I would. Well, say I think it's that pretty
0: certain. It's pretty solid what happened. I mean, you you have it on videotape. Whoa. You, you right. know what took place.
1: But is Ar coming forward because it's Jackson Mahomes and she's setting up a? And I this is very cynical, and I apologize. But is she setting up a civil trial against him to get some of that suckerfish money? So she's going to go full bore, all the way to the wall on this criminal charge. Versus if it's just Joe Friday at you know, the, the Valley bar here that does that and has no money and was drunk and is going to end up going to rehab anyways. Like it, it, there's so many circumstances when you are a celebrity that come into play. Like, are you going to go harder because you're taking on this social media influencer and you want to get some of that, that chief's money coming your direction?
0: interesting well we'll have to follow obviously you can't see we're going to follow this and see what happens i'm also from a very cautious standpoint just hoping Mm -hmm. that that patrick mahomes says the right thing i know it's difficult when it's a family member but there are victims out there so hey patrick give me a call i will guide you on the right (laughs) things to say because you have to show compassion not just Mm -hmm. side with your family i know we all want to side with our family i I get that aspect of it right depends on the family well, yeah, 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 that's true. <laughs> but there, there, there's a victim here, and I, yeah, right. I actually told there my There is wife, a victim here. I told my wife, you know what? I, you get one free murder. I'll stand behind you for the first murder. Beyond that, eh, you, you might be on your own. I don't know. Maybe I'll... You stand with your family no matter what is right. my point. And so I just hope that he treads that very carefully here uh, in the situation. All right. Uh, hey, you Nate, know let's talk about some other sports here. We have some time. How much time do you have, Chris? I got about 15 more minutes. Oh, my goodness. There you go. Uh, it's almost time for dinner for me. And so I'm not sure I have 15 minutes, but that being said, we have so many different stories to talk about here. I don't even know what is the, the favorite one. Maybe we should toot our own horn, right? To start with the Lamar Jackson got his deal. Called it. Did did we not call that?
1: Joel, you were all over that, man. You were all over that. Like, like, you know, like Jackson Mahomes on a
0: waitress. You were all over it. (laughs) That's horrible. All right. So here's the point: when um, when Hurts uh, uh, signed yep. his deal, got Jalen his Hertz, huge, oh, got a huge. Did deal. we not simply say this is great news for the Ravens mm-hmm. and Lamar Jackson? This gives them they're out from the situation. Mm-hmm. Now they can sign a contract. They have the standard. Just go a yep. little bit higher than what but, Jalen Hurts which- got which
1: Lamar is a, is arguably a much higher quarterback than than Mr. Hertz. not saying that Mr. Hertz, in his own right is not an amazing quarterback for his time here but Lamar does have an MVP. Exactly. So I felt I I thought that that it gave him a good bar, a good so bar to just go one up.
0: They uh they gave him I believe is 1 million more per year for yep. each year under the contract, which when you're talking about a quarter of a billion dollars, what's a million mm-hmm. here what's a million there? Yeah, what's 4 million dollars. Uh, Exactly. So uh, at least as of right now, makes him the highest paid quarterback in the Mm -hmm. NFL. So kudos to you, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Mm -hmm. You got to give credit where credit's due. And the Ravens had a tough situation here. You were dealing with a person who did not have an agent who was trying. It's hard to negotiate with someone who doesn't have an agent because you got to basically say you're not worth that. Well, it's like, right, he's also your face. employee and you want him right? to be worth everything. So to say you're right. not really worth it is a bad situation. They, and so they were able yep. to navigate that perfectly at the, I won't say perfectly, but at the end of the day, <laughs> you got your guy, he's your quarterback and now go lose to the chiefs in the playoffs. That's fine. Well,
1: uh, all right. And my favorite part of that whole story, right. And they got OBJ as well. So the Ravens have OBJ. They have, they have Lamar Antonio Brown tweeted that he's so looking forward to his return to the NFL this year. Hashtag Ravens gang. <laughs> and I saw that tweet and it's like I could just see like the ESPN like like, you know, meme that they put up where it says like so and so is signing with the Ravens. And so I could just see like Antonio Brown is signing with the Ravens. Ravens have not agreed to a deal yet, but <laughs> Antonio Brown's I guess signing with the Ravens.
0: Wow, that that will not happen. I, I'm gonna that go right the, here I on I the record. That. That's yeah. it's not going to happen. All right.
1: That's tweet of the day.
0: All right. Also, what's not going to happen uh, is Aaron Rodgers winning the Super Bowl. And I don't understand <laughs> this Jets euphoria over the signing of Aaron Rodgers. They're like already holding parades there in New York. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're how doing many, it. Su- Remind me, Chris. How many Super Bowls have the Packers won in the last 10 years? one is the lonely they won one with aaron Rodgers. yeah when was that like
1: 2011 maybe you're right i just know that aaron Rodgers has one ring
0: yeah it's one ring in his entire 18 year career a long time ago uh i believe it was over 10 years he is not if he was going to be in the super bowl he would have made it with a yeah, 11, yeah. There you go. 11 years. I am smarter than I thought. No, 2011,
1: 12. It's been 12 going on 13 years since Aaron Rodgers has been to the big show.
0: Good when job. Jets. You just signed a regular season MVP postseason dud. And I Love do it. not expect any playoff victories. Don't even bother planning parades down unless you want to celebrate making the playoffs. And even that is not a guarantee.
1: I'm just I think that's a really good like that is in line with the Jets, right? Like a, a total Cleveland move was signing Deshaun. Like this is this is Jets. This is what the Jets do. Not only did they sign Aaron Rodgers, they signed like four Green Bay receivers. Like I was I was reading Aaron Rodgers' Wikipedia page where he's like the owner of the Bears, the manager of the the Jets, and he plays for the Packers. Like it's it it is what it is.
0: Wow. I don't get it. They were not yeah. successful. And I will say one thing. I don't know if this should be reviewed as a positive thing for Aaron Rodgers Aaron or a negative thing, but Aaron Rodgers, I saw a video today of him attending the Jets off-season workouts. Uh, yes. and so he's there wearing Jets gear, throwing the ball. Right. Chris, I know I'm going to play devil's advocate here. I'm just going to tongue in cheek mm-hmm. here. Why is he being praised for that?
1: I mean, I like to be praised for the bare minimum of doing my job as well. Well, and because, you know, he didn't do that for the Packers.
0: But exactly. If he's being praised for it, I guess at some level he thinks it's beneficial to learn the receivers. So the receivers learn the quarterback. So you're all on the same page. Then why wasn't he doing it for the last three years with the Packers?
1: He had to go on his like mushroom journeys, right? Like out into the wilderness and like. I don't know, pray and build Karens and all sorts of stuff.
0: I don't know. I, I think it's all, yeah, it's very disingenuous for him now to show mm-hmm. up at the offseason workouts for the Jets right. when he did not do it. At best, he's going to say, Well, I'm doing it because we got to be on the same page. Yeah. Why weren't you on the same page with the other new receivers, new linemen, mm-hmm. new running backs there in Green Bay? Didn't you think it might be beneficial to them that they can learn their quarterback and you can learn their nuances? Wouldn't but no. Nice. All right. No, there you team go. player. Always oh, right. been a team player, that Aaron Rodgers. Good job, Jets. You got a first season of flame out. Uh, our first round flame out in the Great. playoffs. I hey. saw Jared Goff's
1: tweet where he said, like, it only makes me sad now because then we won't be able to go to Green Bay and beat him twice a year.
0: And that is true. That go, is Lions. true. Yeah, go Lions. Go Lions. I know it's not going to happen, but the, the Packers... Right. Um, you know, odds of winning should have just gone up when they got rid of Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers. Not, not sure. during the the regular season; he was good during the playoffs. regular season, but in the postseason, All right. I almost
1: want the Packers to go to the Super Bowl next year, like the the same way that the Washington Nationals won the World Series after they got rid of Bryce Harper. Like, I just would; it would be just like Chef's kiss. That is like true. apropos if it was you know if it was a Buccaneers Packers NFC Championship game, like just mwah would be
0: amazing. Well, speaking of playoffs, let's talk a little NBA here before we nope. sign off because I have several things I want to get off my chest. And the first mm-hmm. is this. Because I, I, I'm a huge NBA fan. I love yep. the playoffs. I really don't care much about the regular season because, well, quite frankly, the players don't care about the regular season. They don't start caring <laughs> until the playoffs, so that's when I right. tend to start caring. But I noticed this, this horrible trend that no one has been talking about, but then – uh, it, it kind of stuck to me. There have been a lot of injuries during this yes. postseason in the NBA playoffs, of- and they're not to your just average Random player dude, or your yeah. fourth starter. It's your studs on each of the teams. So, Chris, let me just go throw some names out there for you real quick. Yeah, uh, Giannis, uh, yep. know, the Greek freak for the, Bucks. For, uh, the yep. Bucks. He went out missed two crucial games there. Mm-hmm. Joel Embiid, the reigning yep. MVP. MVP. From- KU Jayhawks, Rock Chalk Jayhawk. He is Or now, the
1: 76ers.
0: Yeah, he's out for a couple of games at least. Yep. Uh, who at least knows if two. he re-injures uh, his knee. He missed the first game, but they won with uh, when when um, uh, Harden just went crazy ballistic from three yep. points, scored 45 points. Uh, so Harden, he might sit and beat for ASU another ASU Sun game. Devil, booyah. There you go. Uh, Jimmy Butler, Jimmy playoffs for the Miami oh, yeah, Heat yeah. and his epic performance there and taking down Giannis. Uh, he mm-hmm. is now injured and missing some games. Uh, Joe mm-hmm. Morant, uh, John Morant for uh, yeah, Memphis. Yeah. Round yeah. one. He's their stud. He yeah, missed he a went couple out. of games. His mouth didn't stop running, though. <laughs> What is it about these star players? Oh, I didn't even mention uh, Leonard, Kawhi Leonard, for the Clippers in no, round one yeah. as well. He missed uh, a couple of other games. He's one of the most amazing players to ride the bench. Uh, right. Makes a ton of money to ride the bench. I can ride the bench for half that price. Much cheaper. Yep. Exactly. Gladly. But they won't gladly call ride me. the bench. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what. It, why are all these injuries by these star players? What's causing this? I have no idea.
1: I think I mean part of it is that a lot of these star players are carrying the teams, right? I'm not I'm not saying that Giannis or or uh, and stuff like that have a bad team, but you see him putting up amazing stats every single night, right? Where the the days of like the Kobe Bryant's or the, the Michael Jordan fifty point games, thirty point games, like those that's the the industry norm, right? Steph went off for fifty points, fifty plus points in Game Seven against the Kings, um, so all of these guys that are carrying a, a huge load of their team, they're touching the ball more, which means they're in the lane more, which they're likely to get fouled more. You know, before I remember back in the the 90s and early 2000s, right? You had the guy that you dished the ball to that drew the foul because he wasn't that great of a player, but man, could he take a hit. Right. He could draw the foul. Or you had guys like Larry Johnson, right, who could take a foul and give a foul. So, I think with the game changing with yeah, one one good hit on Steph Curry, and he's out for a game, right? That that guy – and not to say that he's, like, this fragile, you know, butterfly, but, you know, Giannis comes up and just straight drops Steph Curry on a screen. That, that, it's running
0: into a brick wall. All right, that's a good point.
1: I mean, yeah, I mean, Steph running into LeBron, right? The, key, the, the, the Warriors-Lakers are right now. Like, I would not be surprised to see – and I'm hoping not, right? Knock on wood, pray to God, the whole nine yards. But I could see – Steph Curry going down in a very physical game with the Lakers.
0: Well, uh, strike that on your part, curse that. Uh, yeah. Let's talk a little bit about the Lakers-Warriors matchup, because I find this to be an epic matchup, and I, I watched game one the last night, and it, it was an amazing game. The Lakers were victorious, yeah. and I was talking to my son, uh, Zach, uh, and we had a lot of time to kind of analyze this series, and we both were in agreement that – Golden State is in trouble because they have no one to really guard AD. Uh, AD is a a freak. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's over seven foot. He's an incredible shooter from the inside, incredible shooter from the outside. Uh, He, um, um, uh, he's, he's an incredible defensive presence. The problem is, is he's not that clutch. But that mm-hmm. being said, the tallest person on Golden State's r- team, their entire right. roster, even the guys that don't even play, but the big, old, right. you know, lugs on the end yep. of the bench, six foot nine. Yeah. No, we're not a tall team. No. Who do they have? to stop the 7 foot giant who can score from anywhere on the court and I think that's right. a huge problem for Golden State that mm-hmm. they're facing a team and they they have real no answer for uh, uh, AD their only hope is the AD just kind of pulls the AD and just kind of self destructs right all you ha- all you have to do is keep applying pressure to AD like
1: you're going to stop it. you may not stop him first second or third quarter but you you're, you're going to get him to foul a lot and that's kind of the, the goal. You got to get somebody in there that's willing to take the hits from AD and willing to dish them out. Like, that's it. You just add some pressure to to him. He's going to foul, and he's going to foul out. And that's what you're going to – you have Steph on their game. You got Clay. You got um, – Andrew Wiggins. Wiggins. Um, uh, you got Jay Drummond. Hunt right you you get all these guys that are that are on their game and you get somebody that's just going to take hits from AD all night and it, it should neutralize them pretty well cuz i also don't think there's a great relationship between AD and LeBron they play two very different play types and two very different styles so if you can rock one off kilter they're not going to flow and it's going to be
0: disjointed so in yesterday's game um the Lakers which the Lakers won 80 dominated. He had a double-double by halftime. He was unstoppable. That being said, Golden State was within one and two in the last two minutes of the game. So they found a way, Mm -hmm. even though they were down by 10 earlier in the fourth quarter, to make it close at the end. If they can keep that up, I think Golden State is going to win in this series in in seven Mm -hmm. games because they have closers. The Lakers do not. Plus, Golden State has the best coach in the game right now in Steve Kerr. He will make adjustments. Uh, throughout this series and find some way to neutralize AD. And mm-hmm. so I just I, I believe in the, the the coaching, that they can make adjustments, and that's how seven-game series are won. I believe in right. closers, and the Lakers don't have one. And right. and Golden State has has several of them, even though they didn't go to their closer last night. That's another it problem. It happens. Man, uh, it happens. Yeah. But I, I do think that'll be fixed. Uh, but that being said, the Lakers are a real interesting story because how much is this – cutting into Russell Westbrook's reputation. So just a ton. Yeah. If you, if you forget now what actually happened, let me just re do a quick recap. The Lakers Mm -hmm. won the NBA championship in the bubble. So they were the best Mm -hmm. team in the entire NBA. They then got Russell Westbrook and they immediately took a nosedive. They just failed Mm -hmm. immediately. And uh, they didn't make the playoffs next year. They were so bad. I mean, didn't even make the playoffs. They had, nope. they had uh LeBron James, 80, didn't make the playoffs. The next year, this year, they also were horrible, not even close yep. to making the playoffs. And then they cut Russell Westbrook and immediately mm-hmm. they took off flying, and now they are giving Golden State all that he can handle, might even probably will win the series. That's how good they are playing right now. They are it they are all stemmed good. when they cut Russell Westbrook. Again,
1: it's the Bryce Harper theory, right? You get rid of the toxic player and everything coalesces. Wow. A, That's where
0: it's at. I li- and I like Russell Westbrook. I think he's an amazing – I like the player, the guy. He just uh, does not fit well on championship nope. teams and does not fit right. well on the on the Lakers. All right. Hey, thanks so right. much, Chris, for joining us uh, this week. Uh, as always, have a great always. week, and we'll see you next week. Next week, everybody. Say, hey, say hi to um, Booth for me. I will. Grandpa.